everyone. Welcome to another episode of Do You See Podcast, where the Lord is really asking us, do you see what I see? Are you hearing what I am saying in this hour? And so it's been so fun getting to talk to some of my friends, some prophetic voices. And today I have a really awesome interview with Jacqueline Small. She is the founder and CEO of Jesus Over Yourself, which is a which is a movement to equip an end times army of women to go from the sidelines to the front lines as soldiers in the kingdom of God. So I am so excited for our conversation. I know that you will be blessed and encouraged. And throughout this conversation that we have, you will be encouraged to step outside of the sideline that you feel you might be in and to truly step into who God has called you to be and to find your place in the kingdom of God in this hour to truly prepare the bride for her bridegroom. So welcome. I hope that you are having a great day so far and that this episode will bless you. So let's get started. Welcome Jacqueline to the podcast. I'm so excited to get to chat with you today. I'm so excited to finally chat. I feel like I already know you. <laughs> I know that's what we were saying earlier. I'm like, I, I don't know. I don't know you, but I followed you in long enough. And I think like I was, I was just going to mention, I think we share like the same heart for what's happening in this season and the heart for equipping the bride. Yes. Yeah. And so it's just so fun to see what you're doing in the ministry that you do, even just online. I'm blessed by it. So <laughs> be encouraged. It's touching so many but I'd, I'd love to go back to how it all started, how you started the joy movement and how you even got started in, you know, teaching and preaching and sharing the gospel. Going all the way back. All the way back. I love it. So I used to work in sports television and I remember I was a sideline reporter for basketball. And I remember asking this girl, she had 22 points in the first half. And I was like, how does it feel to score 22 points in the first half? And she started answering the question and I wasn't listening to her. And if you know anything about sideline reporting, you're supposed to ask a follow-up question. Like, yes, question. I wasn't listening. I didn't care. I was like having a moment with the Holy Spirit where I was like, I, I don't care. What is the point? Like, is this girl saved? Is she going to like, I was, <laughs> I just was at the point where I had been chasing. What is my purpose? What is my calling? And like, I got to the point where everything was empty when I even reached the place that I wanted to be. And sure enough. So she answered, I had no idea what she said. And I was like, back to you guys. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so wait, was that, was that your dream to be a sideline reporter or just to be a reporter? I had always thought about just being on air and I played college mm -hmm. basketball. So naturally I was like, okay, we'll, we'll just do that. And then, um, I was on MTV made and like all these, all these Fun. other sports shows and nothing, nothing worked, nothing fulfilled me. And what I realized was, is I made my calling and I didn't know what my calling was and I didn't know what purpose was at the time. But I had made that an idol, which mm -hmm. much of American Christianity has. It's this deception of destiny. Mm -hmm. I created you to do some great feat in the earth. And it's about you and your next <laughs> level. You know, and yeah. I, I yeah, so I I went back to doing production and I was I just remember one morning, all of the anchors and 
all of the on-air people when I was doing production too, they used to just slide up their chair next to me and we used to have to get in at four or five in the morning. And now these people are very famous and they don't have many people to talk to. So they would slide their chair up to me and they'd be like, they would spill their whole life. And then I would just like literally rebuke them, call them out on themselves or just encourage them and give them advice. And I remember I used to sit next to this girl, red curly hair, never said a word. Like she just, and she turned to me finally on day. She goes, you know, people get paid for that. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Cause you're like counseling. She was like, people get paid for what you're doing. And I was like, oh, and I just had this revelation that what I naturally was doing is what I love to do. I love to see people set free. Mm-hmm. I to help people get past themselves and actually just live in freedom. And now, you know, I had a lot of sanctifying that I had to go through myself. So then I began doing life coaching and then I began doing motivational speaking. And again, here's another story where I was about to get fired. (laughs) I was speaking at this women's conference. It was a business conference. And this was well over a decade ago. This was probably, yeah, what year is it now? So this was probably 2000. Yeah, eight, maybe I don't remember exactly, but I was speaking to about 500 women in business and I was all about their purpose and all of this stuff. And I couldn't take it at the end. I literally was like, but none of this matters if you don't know the one who created you. And I was like, Jesus Christ. And I started sharing the gospel and I was like, I could feel the tension in the room. And yeah. I was like, oh, no. <laughs> oh but I walked off the stage and I was like, I'm, I can't hold it in anymore. I'm called to preach the gospel. Oh, that's good. I'm not called to share biblical things in a secular, in a secular way. And some people are, and then they're one-on-one, but I'm called to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's good. No less. And so from that point on, I, I started preaching and the Lord just began opening up doors and doing a mighty work. And I just began wondering, okay, Lord, I'm preaching your word. Like, for instance, I would say the sun, the sunset's free is free indeed. And I would take the Lord up on that. Well, why am I not free? Mm -hmm. There's some things that I'm not free from. And I was like, I told the Lord, I'm not going to preach it unless I actually live it, unless I have authority in it. No way. I was like, so I have, I have not, the only thing I could preach right now is the gospel of Jesus Christ and the gospel of grace. And he just started taking me on this journey of healing in 2013. He showed me um, a ministry, Jesus Over Yourself, J-O-Y, Jesus Over Yourself. And, but he said, but not yet. Hmm. It wasn't until 2018, five years Wow, five years. That, yeah, that right there is what I try to get across to everyone listening on every interview is that there's a process that we all go through that brings us to this level of being able to to share authentically and with truth and spirit. So it's good. And aborting the process is dangerous to your soul. Mm-hmm. Like none of us are exempt. None of us are exempt from it. And the process really, the reward is in the process. Like without the process, you, you would actually be an imposter. Without mm-hmm. the process, you would have no authority mm-hmm. to command demons to go. Without the process, the process is this walk with Jesus. And so it was five years later and at those five years, I mean, there was intense healing deliverance. There was so much that I learned 
And I ended up writing a workbook because nobody had told me how to even begin healing. We're all sitting in this church and all of you are dysfunctional. (laughs) I know it's, it's so sad that it's like, oh, if you attend church on Sundays, you're fine. And it's like, we all have our bag of problems. Right. And, and so it, it's just, I was very like taking, I'm taking you up on your word. And so the Holy spirit just kept walking me through all this stuff and healing, 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 deliverance. And, and then in 2018, he said, go. And so, um, the ministry started out heavily focused on that healing and helping people walk in complete freedom. And in about probably, so 2020, I was sharing repentance Mm. Uh, and, then the pandemic and all of this stuff came into play. And um, I, we were sharing some pretty intense, raw words. And what I realized was people just weren't even ready, ready. And so in about, I think it was the end of 2021, the Holy Spirit told me to lay everything down. Wow. And so, you know, after five years, I start this thing. And then a couple of years later, the Holy Spirit said, lay it all down. Yeah. And... The beauty is, is like you said, the process, because of the process, I want Jesus. I don't want ministry. Mm-hmm. So I was like, all right, let's lay it all down. People were asking me to come preach at their conference. And I would say, no. Wow. <laughs> they would ask me to come. I would say, no. Um, Good for you. The obedience. Because I, f- I fear the Lord. Mm-hmm. I would not want to say yes to anything where there's no grace to do it. You know, then I put myself in in danger. Um, so I just I've been to- there, so I get it. You know, I think we all have accidentally or, you know, just not process. Yeah. And so, so I laid everything down and he began giving me, I had already started having a heart for the bride in 2020, but this time of laying everything down allowed me to go just in such a quiet, deeper place with him where I wasn't putting like anything that. out. And I began weeping mm-hmm. for the bride of Christ. And I started to feel his heart for his bride because she's not ready. When, I mean, the fear of the Lord grew in me so much because he he's coming for a ready bride and she's not ready yet. And so Jesus over yourself, the whole ministry, he began to show me how it was going to shift. And of course, healing Deliverance was still part of it, but that wasn't the overarching thing. That would be a part of it. The overarching, the overarching theme and the mission was to equip the bride of Christ for the present war and the coming wedding. There's a present <laughs> war. So good. <laughs> present war happening. And I, I sometimes some parts of the body don't really like to talk about war, but it's all throughout. It's, it is. And it's all around us. I mean, Jehovah Sabaoth, the God of angel armies. Like, I love that. You know, and so he began to show me this dichotomy of he is the lion and he is the lamb. So there's grace and there's truth. You know, he showed me there's this battle. We got to be battle ready, but we have to be bridal. Mm-hmm. There's, there's love. And he started to show me this just dichotomy of these two different things that we operate in. There's a present war, but there's a coming wedding. And in Revelation, we see over and over, he who overcomes, he who overcomes, he who overcomes. And the ones that overcome are the ones that know him. 
this the Lord has really began to shift um, what the ministry is about, and we're actually just getting ready to launch back out now. So it's so it's so good. It's so true. I feel like last year was a year of preparation for many where it was just getting in the secret place because we only overcome when we, like you said, know who he is, but how do we know who he is if we're not spending time with him? And it's, I don't know. There's just such a, I have such a heart for the bride as well. And the Lord only from the Lord, you know, it's like when you pray, break my heart for what breaks yours. Like he, he's going to answer. Okay. You know, he's going to answer. And then you find yourself weeping on things that like, you're like, whoa, I don't even know why I'm weeping. But like seeing the church so divided to me is just like so hard. But like you said, the bride's not prepared. She has to go, like, we have to go through a process as the soldiers, you know, of the bride, but the bride herself, the church has to go through a process. And we saw that through 2020 through 21, all the shaking and it's not done. No, we're just getting started. Yeah, we're just getting started. And so that's why I love your ministry because more and more people, like we all have our sphere of influence that the Lord brings people to us in order for us to, because, the, you know, we carry a sound, we carry a message that they need. And more than now than ever, we need more women, more men to rise up and be bold and courageous and share their message. You, you started a devotional too, which I think is so fantastic because that's a great start for people who maybe are unsure of where to begin. Can you tell yeah. us a little bit about that? My devotional really was born out of all the years where I was preaching, but nobody was nobody was telling me, okay, sitting me down and saying, listen, you you need healing in some areas. And when I was preaching, because of my refusal to preach stuff that I didn't have authority, yeah. um, that's when I really started walking with the Holy Spirit to be healed and delivered. And so that devotional, it's really a workbook. I don't suggest getting it if you're not actually desperate to be healed and delivered, because I've seen people, you know, they get stuff, they're excited about it, but then they're like, okay, that's a little too much. It's very, honestly, it's very simple. It's very, it's just all me. There's nothing else. That's so good really work through it with the Holy Spirit and the testimonies that have come out of it because people like they didn't either know where to start their healing journey. They didn't know how to sort through all of the wounds and the, mm -hmm. whether it's depression or anxiety or their flesh running, whatever it is, they didn't know how to sort through it. And this workbook was honestly probably a decade full of just the Holy Spirit leading me and healing and deliverance. And I made it simple. Like I just okay. simplified it where it's not that it shouldn't be this confusing, but because many of us are not being discipled. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I feel like there's a fear almost of deliverance when it's like, you don't want to live in your bondage, but then there's also that fear of being set free. Like what does my lo life look like when I don't live for the world or I don't have this, or I don't have that, or I don't have this trauma that made me who I am, you know, like, because we're not finding our identity in Christ. So I think that it's important to go through that, the workbook and, and find a starting place of healing to get to a place of identity. Right. Cause so often I feel like a lot of our trauma is where we held our identity and, and it's, it's breaking through that. Um, but that's so good. And I think it's a good reminder just to mention like, Holy spirit is so gentle with us. Like you know, God does not just put all your baggage right in front of you at the same time. You're not going to have to just 
be overwhelmed with all of the, you know, trauma, sin, whatever in your life. Like he, it's like, he, he just takes pieces of your heart and like mends it together, you know? And it's just such a beautiful thing to see. I, I like love testimonies because I love seeing the healing power of the Lord and how loving and gentle he is. Yeah. Like there's, when I first got saved in college, I mean, I used to cuss every other word, like ball player. I was cussing all the time. I got saved and immediately he took that language out of my mouth. Wow. You were so many other things that took a decade or that took, you know what I mean? And, yeah. and then when he peeled back one layer and I was free from something, he then showed me another layer. Like you said, he was so gentle. And the idea is we're not meant to be perfect. We're meant to be in relationship with the perfect one. And oftentimes when we see that word perfect in scripture, like we're called to be perfect, it actually means complete. And so he who began a good work in you will see it to completion. And so the whole idea is abiding in him and, and knowing him. Um, but, you know, I, I think sometimes people don't understand that your spirit is 100% righteous. When you're born again, your spirit is 100% righteous. The Bible says you're born of a, like it's incorruptible. <laughs> 100 amen <laughs> thank thank god <laughs> your spirit there's absolutely nothing wrong with your spirit that is your spirit is born again it's your soul your mind your will and your emotions that is being sanctified mm -hmm. this is this the soul is going through the sanctification process this working out your salvation with fear and trembling that is for your mind your will and your emotions your soul this is where the anger lives. This is where anxiety mm. this is where all these, if you know, we want to talk about demons, they're just personalities. Yeah. yeah. Really all it is. It's personality. <laughs> and so this is where all of this lives, but your, your spirit is 100% righteous. Yeah. Like how cool is that to know brand new, like you are a brand new child of God born into a new family and the old is dead and the new now is alive. And you are living in this body of flesh the flesh doesn't inherit the kingdom. No. But spirit and your soul does. Right? We're That's spirit. So good. So it's the it's the almost like that dynamic of we're made in his image, three in one. I it's so important for us to grasp. And like you said, you struggled with, you know, being set free or or I guess being born again, but not being yet set free. And the difference of that and the dichotomy kind of was like upsetting to you, I guess you could say. And I think that's where I, I feel like that's where most Christians live. And it's, it's not understanding the difference that your spirit is set apart from your life experiences, your baggage and all of that. And that's, that's honestly why he says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind, because your spirit is 100% born again, but your soul is being mm -hmm. safe. Bible says yeah. Being sanctified. And this is the walk with God. This is the beauty where we begin to have the really, we begin to think like Him because we renew our mind on the Word of God. We begin to tell our flesh no, you mm -hmm. know, and obey the Spirit. Um, and and this is where this is the war. This is the war where when the enemy plants thoughts, we recognize the voice of the en enemy, even if it sounds like us. Yeah. If agree with God. We take it captive and we make it obey God. 
that's violent. <laughs> it, it is. And I would say even in my own journey, like the greatest thing I could have ever like gone through in my, my walk was learning my authority and typically learning the authority. I feel like in a lot of people is going through experience that makes you use your authority. Like, because you're like, I am at the end. It's because yeah. we, we finally died to ourselves, and we're like, I can't do this alone. Like I need to learn like my authority because of Jesus Christ in me. And I feel like, wow. Like, I mean, I feel Holy Spirit all over it because I'm just like, this is what people need. They need to understand the tools that the Lord has given us to fight spiritual warfare. I, I mean, it is everywhere. And this, the generation, the Gen Z and like the attacks on everybody attacks on women and the child and children and all everything. Like we have to be equipped and not just be like, Oh, it's just the way of the world. Like, no, we have authority to overcome it. I will say that has brought so much peace into my, myself, peace into my home because I learned the right like words to like speak. And I mean, it's just, yeah, spiritual warfare is coming a lot, especially as we continue to step out. And, but when you're equipped, it won't overcome you. That's so good. And like you just talked about in your home, gatekeepers, we are the gatekeepers. And I, I think that authority piece that you were talking about is so huge and it relates to the process part. Like you actually can't have authority if you don't go through the process. It reminds me in the Bible of the sons of Sceva and the demons are like, yeah, we know Paul, but who are you? <laughs> and, and this is where you get Christians like shouting, yes, Jesus, but nothing's happening. Yeah. Because they don't recognize Jesus in you. And it's mm. not, it's not, it's not that you don't go to church. It's not that you don't even maybe read your word. It's not that you don't serve. It's that, do you know Jesus? Mm -hmm. Do you know him? Because this is the same, it's the same thing where we see the parable of the wise and foolish virgins. Y'all, these are, I hate to break it to people. All the virgins go to church. All of them <laughs> they all call him Lord. This is where it starts to get real. <laughs> That's funny. They all call him Lord. But five of them had oil, mm. the darkest hour. And in order for the bride of Christ to have oil, all that means is, is to know him, to have an abundance of intimacy with the Holy Spirit in the darkest hour that is to come. If we think it's dark now, it's going to continue to get dark. The wheat yeah. and tears grow together. So the believers and the seeds of the devil, which are the children of the world, the children of the devil, they grow together. Mm -hmm. They are seeing revival at the same time of gross darkness. They grow, they mature together, both ready for harvest. Mm -hmm. And so it, it's this oil, it's this intimacy with him where we sit with the Holy Spirit and we say, Lord, I, I don't, I have no desire to read your word. Can you help me? Instead of just going off in, in prayer and saying, in the name of Jesus, <laughs> you know, that's awesome. And there's, that is, that is very necessary. But if you don't know Jesus, it's empty. It's empty. Yeah. It's fabricated. 
And I mean, we see that, but I, I feel like we're at an hour where the Lord is going to be exposing the fabrication and, and like, like churches who are not do, who do not know God, who do not know Jesus, they're going to continue to start falling away. Like you, they might be there one day and then gone the next because the Lord has drawn a line in the sand and it is, I can just say like, you can't have one foot in the kingdom and one foot in the world. He is like, you choose. This is the hour of choosing. And I I don't think people are ready. I don't think they're seeing this because they want to continue to live in their life, live in their comfort, live in their thought, their not denial, but maybe denial because you want to live in the world. So you almost deny the, the like conviction of the Holy spirit um, to, to be able to continue to live in comfort. And it's just, that's why I love talking to prophetic voices too. And like, because the Lord is sharing his plans. He is sharing his heart. He is sharing his encouragement, but we have to have ears that will hear and eyes that will see what he is speaking through people. You know, like I, there's, um, I forget who it is. Maybe just my spiritual brother, but he always says like, you can, like, you don't have to like the person to receive from them. You know, like they might like, but we're so big on like the, just being critical and judgmental on like, Oh, all the things. And this, this is where, this is where it gets biblical because the question is, do you actually follow Jesus? And some people who have been sitting in church for 50 years are about to get saved. Amen. You know, or 20 years or whatever it may be. And there's a lot of blood on the hands of pastors and teachers who haven't preached the gospel of the kingdom, which Mm. requires laying your life down and following Christ. And if you preach a gospel of grace or you exalt John three sixteen, but you leave out the warnings in revelation, you're, I hate to say the word, but you're just as heretical as the people you call heretics. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's the full word of God. It's the full counsel, the Bible says. And I'm not calling people heretics. Um, no, we, but you know what I'm saying. I get it. Yeah. We can't take one scripture and exalt it over everything else and make doctrine out of it. That's dangerous because it leads it. People think they're saved or they think they're walking with God because what the gospel you shared with them is what they're living under. And they're now deceived because of you. And this is like what you're talking about. It started in 2020 where, where churches, apostate churches were falling away. Mm-hmm. God was sending judgment on churches. Yep. And there were churches who repented and turned to him. But then there were other churches who, for whatever reason, whether it was pride, they're building their own kingdom. They started walking in a way of apostate, of, of being an apostate church and and now, right now, what we're seeing is it started in 2020, but now we're seeing the obvious fruit of those. So we're able yeah. to identify it. It, it start, judgment started in 2020. Mm-hmm. 
And judgment is just mercy and grace from the Lord, giving the bride an opportunity, giving yes. the opportunity to repent. Yes. For his judgment. <laughs> yeah. I love how I think it was probably Jeremiah Jensen or someone. It was um, judgment is really getting rid of everything that hinders love. Like we think it's a hammer on everything and it's actually just removing anything that hinders love. Yeah. So it's a, it's mercy for his so, people. I mean, gosh, he's been so patient with us. He could have, you know, wiped us off the earth like many, many years ago. He's so patient. He is, he wants, he wants everybody to have a chance to hear the gospel and to, and to make the choice. Yeah. And like now is the time. And this is, this is why I believe people, voices like you and people teaching and preaching on righteousness and, you know, the true biblical gospel are so needed in this hour because there are many people who just haven't heard it. Yeah. There are many people who don't know, like you, your sin nature can really die and you can actually really be born of Christ. And then he can sanctify you. And you can walk in freedom and then you can go fulfill what he has called you to fulfill in order to edify the body to get ready as the bride. Yes. And that is huge because each and every one of us, no matter how he fashioned us, we have a, a very important role in the body. And celebrity Christianity has really distorted mm -hmm. Use their gifts, and it, it's it's just dangerous, honestly. And you know, we have to all function how God has created us to function in the body because we are all needed. If you just picture your body, every single part of your body is so important. <laughs> the overall function of us working together as a larger body, and when people begin to really walk in freedom and have revelation of their sonship and daughtership, yes. And Oh my gosh, they, they're now also preparing the bride in the way that God called them to do it. And it will yes. look based on how he fashioned them. Yeah. And I think that's important right there. It will look different um, because of social media, because of the celebrity Christianity that has taken place with, you know, idolizing people preaching the word it's become a comparison battle and I feel like even with, you know, friends of mine who are in ministry, it's like, it's a battle because you have to know what part you're playing in the bride and, and not just trying to imitate or do what someone else is doing because it's working. Cause like you said, you know, anointing comes through the, through the, the process and, and it, it's a cost. It's costly. It takes sacrifice. And it's not just overnight. And so it's, it's not the instant gratification that our society is so used to. And I think that can be hard for a lot of people. The sanctification, I think just to make clear, how would you um, define sanctification for anyone who maybe is like, I have no idea what we're talking about. Yeah. Well, you know, the Bible talks about how, you're saved by grace through faith. There's an, there's an immediate, you're, when you're born again, it happens. Your spirit is 
new. You have a new spirit that's born again. You also see at the end, it's well done, good and faithful servant, right? There's this, there's this finality, this completion of your salvation. In the middle of that is this sanctification process where he's making us day by day, surrender by surrender, going from glory to glory, grace to grace, more like him. He's making us more like him. And there are harder seasons. There are glorious seasons. There are hard days. There are amazing days where you're high in the spirit. And it's just this process of completely abiding in him and opening, like releasing your grip on everything and saying, I surrender. What, what do you want to do? You're, you're giving him your heart. You're just literally laying your life down and you're allowing him to do this work in your heart to, you know, the four, four soils of the heart. You're, you're going from this stony ground or this ground, you know, that has weeds in it because you love the things of the world and you're letting him till the soil in your heart so that you have good soil that produces a crop. And this is sanctification. It's the literally the working out your salvation with fear and trembling. And that fear there is not an afraid fear. It's a reverence. It, it's a it's a reverence of God. And you're working it out with that reverence, um, with that trembling of the holiness of, of the God we serve. It's it's just this this journey with Jesus, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, and it's not going to church necessarily. Does it include that? Yes. But it's that's not what it is. It's not lifting your hands and singing a song because many people that lift their hands and sing a song, they're, it's not happening in their heart. And I encourage people, get real with where you are and talk to the Holy Spirit. The same way you talk to your spouse or you, mm-hmm. your friend, you open the door, you greet them and say hello. The, the Holy Spirit is the third person of the Trinity. And when Jesus left us to go back up to heaven, he now sent his Holy Spirit to be with us. And he is our help. He is our guide. And he's the third person of the Trinity. And so when we wake up in the morning, do we recognize him? Do we acknowledge him? Mm-hmm. Do we do life with him? And this is this is just part of the sanctification process of abiding. Mm-hmm and working out our salvation with him. Yeah, that's good. And, and it all begins in prayer. Like you said, talking to the Holy spirit as if it's like your spouse, because you have to be vulnerable with Holy spirit to, to hear from Holy spirit on the things that might need to be worked in your heart. And so, wow. I hope I know a lot of people will be blessed by just understanding that and understanding the first steps to truly get to healing the the different layers of healing. Um, it's so important. So good um, to fully step into who God has called you to be, to be a part of the bride. And so this um, podcast is, do you see, because it's um, truly what God is showing you in this hour. And so I love your heart for equipping the bride. Um, but what is he kind of showing you in this hour regarding what's happening um in the world you can get as specific or as not specific as you want um whatever holy spirit feels led to share um just to 
or maybe it's regarding us and how we can be equipped because I, I do feel like there's like an acceleration button right now that the Lord is doing. And it is like, I mean, I, I tell you after this podcast, go get in your secret place and start praying and asking the Lord for, you know, just ask him to like, I don't know, change your heart, change, you know, all of this. It's, 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 we're in acceleration season and he is moving quickly. Very quickly. And this is why, th- this is why I want people to understand like what took 10 years of healing at this point could be a week. And he yes. might do very quickly. He may not, but what I'm saying is, is like you said, there's such an acceleration period because the hour is getting later. It's a late hour. Ooh, yeah. And hey, let's just go back to the parable of yes. the wise and the foolish virgins. The hour was the darkest hour that he came. In that parable, the bridegroom came at the darkest hour. And those wise virgins had that oil. And my warning to the church, and not a warning like to scare you, but to, to if you're like me, sometimes I need a fire lit under me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is real. Okay, this is real. Like, okay. When it gets that dark, like the parable says, you won't be able to buy oil. So mm-hmm. get out because you can feel how things are picking up and moving fast. And so knowing him, throw off the religion. It happens to all of us. Throw it off. Mm-hmm. Throw off the religion. Throw off the um, the jargon, all the verbiage in prayer that you learned. All throw it off and talk to the father, mm-hmm. the heart of the father. And you can say, I'm tired of being stuck. You, you can just get real with him because as, as the time accelerates, you have to understand now is the time to do this because as the world gets darker, it will be too much for many to bear. And they will have said, I wish I surrendered sooner because pretty soon all of the religious bubbles and all of the stuff that's happening in church, that's going to get popped when it gets real, when there's a lack of food. Okay. When there's shortages and, and, and as the body, we know what's coming. Why? Because we're in tune with the Holy spirit. Mm -hmm. So what is going to happen then? It's going to get really real for many of the churches and it's going to be harder than it needed to be because they were still playing games. Mm-hmm. Now is the hour to get so real and so desperate for the real Jesus, for the biblical Jesus, the one who saves you, the one who pulls you out of the pit, the one who can say, I will pour out my spirit on you right now. I just need you mm-hmm. to give me your heart. Let me in every corner and every room of your heart so I can just flood it with the living water, clean it out. I am safe. You can trust me. And he's saying, if mm-hmm. you will surrender it right now, I will do the expression faster than any darkness. I will do the healing quicker than the world is moving in darkness. I will do it. I will do it. I will do it. Repent of religion and come to me. Come to me. Now is the hour to know him, to know him and to know him. John 17, three says, knowing him is eternal life. Mm -hmm. 
Knowing him is eternal life. It's the same knowing. It's the same word, gnosko, where he says to the foolish virgins, I never knew you. Mm. He's saying, I didn't know you intimately. He wasn't being mean. He was just, I didn't know you. You weren't my bride. Mm. Talk to me. You, you scrolled. You weren't intimate with me. I'm telling y'all, if we have to get off of Instagram. Amen. You know, if it's food, stop buying it. Stop buying the junk that's feeding your, your dysfunction. You know, whatever it is, guys, get vigilant. Mm-hmm. The kingdom of God suffers violence, but the violent take it by force. God is raising up an army who will say, I don't know what the heck I'm doing. Really? I may not know what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah. I know what your word says here. And so if I do this, I know that you will do what you said you will do. And little by little, little by little, you'll get to know him and you'll begin doing life in the kingdom of God, no longer in the world. There's only two kingdoms, Hmm. the kingdom of God and the kingdom of darkness, which is the kingdom of this world. And once you're born again, you have access to live in the kingdom of God. His kingdom come, his will be done on earth as it is in heaven, right? Mm-hmm. And you will start to, listen, you don't have to be like, I, I don't, I'm I'm just, not, I'm going to shut down this TV show because it's the world. No, <laughs> you start to know him, uh-huh. you're not going to watch it. Nope. You're not even going to want to watch it. feel repulsive to you. So instead of trying to, you know, just do all this religious stuff, get to know him. It's in mm-hmm. the now is the time to know him. And I'll just, I'll end with this story. Okay. Prayer night and um, an older gentleman who I had never seen before came in for prayer. And he's about, I asked him, he was in his early eighties. And so, because I didn't know him, I wanted to kind of have a feel for like, who am I about to pray for? Like mm-hmm. he asked for prayer for cancer because he had cancer. And so I asked him, I said, how long have you been walking with the Lord? He proceeded to answer me and he told me all about how many hours he had spent serving at the church Mm. that week. And I, I had to keep myself from crying because he was deceived into thinking that serving at the church and doing all these things answered my question. How long have you been walking with the Lord? And we are in a time of being, not doing. And what I mean by that is, will we do? Yes, because we're doing right now. We're doing, we're recording this, right? But it does not ever precede being with him. Mm -hmm. So we're in an hour of being. And the doing, you're not going to build anything. You're just going to do it. You're going to tell the person at the grocery store, finally, that you've been checking out in their line for five years and they don't even know you know Jesus. It's finally going to hit you and you're going to say, listen, I want to share something with you. It's the hour of being and it's going to come out of our being with him. And that is going to be accelerated, like you said. And so my encouragement for the bride and for the body is to be with him to really know him and to throw off our religious garments and put on our true priestly garments that Christ gives us um, when we know him. Amen. I could keep going all day. Uh, <laughs> you have to but that was such a great, that was so great. 
Um, oh, what a great call to the church. And it's like, I feel like even when it's said, it's hard, it's, it's hard for us to do. And that's where, you know, just getting in the secret place, like let him do the work for you. Like, like let him keep you from your busy schedule that you create. (laughs) I'm speaking to myself. Um, and like, you know, like let, he wants to help us. I think that's also a, a key point in all of this is he wants to help us. Yeah. And he's with us and it's so beautiful. I'm just so excited. It's like, I feel like when I look around, I'm like, it is a great time to be alive. You know, like I know there's like a lot of fear and all this, but when you walk with the Lord, there's like a different perspective, a different, a different outlook and just a different trust and peace. And I'm just so excited for what's in store. It's going to be hard. And that's why we need to to be equipped. So thank you for equipping the bride because she needs it. I needed it and I still need it. <laughs> yeah, we we all need it. I felt well, that's the thing. Like I feel like I'm being sanctified every each and every day because but I've learned to like take the thought captive because I know it's not from the Lord. Anytime the enemy is trying to like get in my ear with lies or doubt or something, I'm like, that ain't that ain't that's not from you, God, because I know your voice, because I sit with you and I know your voice. It's like go away, and then you just flick them off. And I think another key point is we need to be equipped because we need to be at a place that we are from, we are working from offense and not defense. Like yes. we need to be ahead of the battle. We need to be on those front lines that where we, we can see what's happening. We can see what, where the enemy is coming from and not be blindsided. So that's good. And you know, we're never caught off guard. And this is, mm-hmm. this is why, this is why, um, in the secret place, he will start to show us things. Um, and this is how, like you said, you have peace in your home. Um, this is available to every every believer, every blood-bought believer in Jesus Christ. That is your right, and that is your inheritance. Um, and the world can be going crazy outside, but in your home, it will be a refuge for people to come to, uh, you know, a place of peace, to be in the presence of God, because we're in this world, but we're absolutely not of it. And this is the revelation of your sonship and your daughtership. This is why it's so important to know that because you reside in a different kingdom. The one where the king is the ruler and he's coming back again to rule and reign on a new heaven and a new earth. And we're going to be with him and we can live in that. Now we can have revelation of that right now. Okay. Well, thank you. Thanks, Jacqueline, for joining me. I feel like I'd love for you to hop on more whenever you want. Actually, you're always welcome. (laughs) Can you tell people where they can find you and um, where they can get the devotional or some of your gear, too, because it's really cute. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You can go to JesusOverYourself.com. The devotional is on there and there's a link also to the store, which has just all Jesus gear. Some of it is really a good reminder for us when we wear it. I've heard stories of people being in Costco <laughs> and they're like, thank God I was wearing your sweatshirt because I had an encounter and I remembered I'm wearing Jesus on my Oh sweatshirt. yes. That's good. Oh, it's, it's fun. So it, there, you know, it's a way to evangelize too, because people will ask you like, what is that? Um, or tell me about that. And so 
there's gear in there. So that's jesusoveryourself.com. And then I'm on Instagram, uh, Jacqueline, J-A-C-L-Y-N dot small, S-M-A-L-L. Awesome. Well, thank you, Jacqueline. Actually, do you mind closing us out in a prayer? Holy Spirit, we, we love you. We thank you that you are help. Father, we just ask for the mind of Christ to be real to us as your children, for the mind of Christ, Lord, to just rid us of the thoughts of the past and of this world. I ask, Lord, that you become so real to your children and to your bride, God, that we would begin to walk in our inheritance, to walk in our freedom, God, and that we would begin to know you like we never have. Father, I just ask for courage and for boldness for every believer listening to this podcast right now. I ask God that you would just raise them up right now with the righteous indignation to know what is their right as a believer in Christ and that they would seek you in the quiet place, that they would seek your face, that they would be diligent to chase after you and that they would receive from you, that they would get to know you like never before and that they would be set on fire as children, that they would first know that they are your child, that they've been adopted as sons and daughters into this royal family, this royal bloodline, where they're no longer born of the old, but they're born again of you, Jesus. So I thank you for what you're doing in the body at large. I thank you that you're preparing us as one. Father, be with every single person listening and lead them forward in this time, God, to know you and to know your heart as they walk out daily this walk of sanctification, of knowing you. Be with them. Go before them and behind them. Let them know that they are not alone. And Father, I just pray right now that you connect believers who feel isolated. I don't know why this just, this just, I just felt this. Those of you who feel isolated, Father, we just pray right now that you bring divine connection to them. Those who have felt like every church they go to is not preaching the Bible. They cannot find biblical community. Father, I just ask that you supernaturally send people into their lives to sharpen them um, and, and to do life with them, God, and that they would know that they are not alone, that they're not crazy for believing the Bible and taking the Bible at its word. And so we just thank you, God. Holy Spirit, I ask just for everybody right now under the sound of my voice to just get a revelation of who you are, the realness of your love, God, and that you walk with us and that we're not alone in this hour. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you, Jacqueline, so much. I hope um, you all have been blessed by this. And until next time.